0: This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com Alhamdulillah, wassalatu salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een Brothers and sisters in Islam, welcome back. We are now starting a new series and insha'Allah it will be a beneficial one. So I've decided to now go backwards rather than forwards. We've finished the seerah, which is the biography of the Prophet sallallahu by the will of Allah. And now I've decided to go back to the beginning to, to finish the series about the Prophets. I've uh, always started the series on the Prophets, but I've never been able to finish it and uh, the reason i went back on it is since we're talking about the messenger of allah the prophet and it makes more it makes sense as well to continue talking about the prophets and the messengers uh, because we can learn so much from them insha'allah we will i will try to bring from them many lessons derive from them a lot of the lessons that we can as we go along insha'allah by I think you'll be quite intrigued. And then once we finish this series, insha'Allah Ta'ala, by the will of Allah, we'll go backwards, we'll go back into the future. So from the time of the Prophet's (laughs) death into the Khulafa, the life of the Khulafa, and so on. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, the prophets and the messengers of Allah. I'll begin by stating the sources and the references that i used in order to do my research obviously it's not just done in the last few weeks it's done all my life as far as i can remember like yourselves for those of you who like reading and researching and asking the main book that i took most of the information from about the prophets and messengers including the history that surrounds them is a reference which a lot of the scholars use, it's called Al-Bidayah wal nihayah the beginning and the end by the great scholar Ibn Kathir Ever heard of Imam Ibn Kathir? This Imam also wrote a book called Tafsir Ibn Kathir the interpretation of the meanings of the Qur'an, that's been translated in English Unfortunately this great reference Al-Bidayah wal nihayah it hasn't been translated as far as I know. But they've taken bits and pieces from it. There is a summarized version of the stories of the Prophets by Imam Ibn Kathir as well, which is called Stories of the Prophets by Imam Ibn Kathir. al imam Ibn Kathir. It's been translated, but its translation is inadequate. It's, a, it's not a good translation at all. If you read it, you can tell. Another source is Tariq al-Tabari, the history by the book of uh, Imam al-Tabari. But I don't rely on that too much, and I'm going to explain why. The other sources that I've used are obviously Tafsir ibn Kathir, because there are lots of verses of the Qur'an which talk about the Prophets and the Messengers. If you were to follow the passages in the Qur'an, you will find that nearly half of the Qur'an talks about Prophets and Messengers and people of the past. So tafsir ibn Kathir, I've also looked at miscellaneous researches from different ahadith just to make sure that they are authentic and uh, many researches done by different scholars on the topic, I read uh, a thesis, PhD thesis on the prophets and messengers and gathered them all together for you inshaAllah ta'ala to the best of my ability. In this course I've also looked at uh, uh, scientific facts and I've looked at uh, western views and other religions to try and put it all together so I've tried my best it's not an easy task we hope inshallah ta'ala that you benefit so much from this series and we all move out of it with a better understanding of our religion more appreciation of our Creator and more aware of our purpose in life and where we're heading so my brothers and sisters in Islam let us go from the beginning in order to talk about the Prophets, I need to start with the first prophet of Allah, Adam But I also need to address a few things that happened before that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was always there. He was always what? He was always there. The Messenger of Allah, Muhammad وسلم, was asked by his companions, There were a group of people that came from a place called Yemen. They said to him, we have come to ask you about some questions about the deen religion. And they asked him, before the creation of all this, before the heavens and the earth, heavens means the skies, the universe, the cosmos, and the earth, what was there? And he said, can Allah, this hadith is in Bukhari, narrated by Abu Dhabi, he said, Can Allah, there was always Allah, he is the beginning, and he is the end, Wa kana ala and his throne was upon water, they said, and then what? He said then he created the pen and he said to the pen write and the pen said what should i write allah said write everything that will be and the pen began to write everything that will be in existence within the known universe our known universe and whatever is unknown of course so the universe and the earth My brothers and sisters in Islam, there has to be a beginning. It's impossible that we are here without an original beginning. And the more you think about it, the more the mind will lose the plot. There has to be a beginning. Otherwise, there cannot be us. Everything has a beginning. And you cannot ask, what was there before the beginning? If I told you it's the beginning, what was there before the beginning? Is that linguistically correct? Can anyone answer that question? The beginning of everything, what was there before that beginning? The question is wrong cancels itself out. Because it's called the beginning because it's the beginning. Replace it, the beginning, with a name whom, which, which is presented to us in the Quran and in all the other Bibles, the holy books of the past. He is Allah, the Creator, the God, worthy of worship. And there is nothing like unto Him. Allah was always there. And now, said in another hadith, there was nothing before him. If there was something before him, then that means he is no longer the creator. Allah's name is Al khaliq the creator. My brothers and sisters in Islam. Everybody accepted this until the 21st century when the idea of Darwinism came out, and even that scientists continue to debate about it and argue about it, and we have the theory of evolution. If you realize that I said the theory of evolution is how it began. It was a theory, an idea, a hypothesis of evolution. Suddenly it became the evolution theory. They put theory behind the word. As time goes on, I mean, I studied science and when I was younger, at my younger days, I remember we used to say the theory of evolution. One day it came the evolution theory and now they just say evolution as if it's a fact. But no significant you know, breakthrough investigations and discoveries have been made to change it to a fact. They just start to believe it more and more. And I don't want to dwell today too much on evolution because we want to go into the story of the prophets. However. The stance of Islam on evolution is not all that difficult to understand. Neither is it a taboo to talk about. Nor should we shun the idea of evolution completely, brothers and sisters. A lot of our scholars of the past and present haven't studied science that well. And those who have studied science well who claim that evolution is God or whatever is the beginning of, is, is the thing that creates everything? There is no God. Are people who are not attached to the religion at all themselves? Our parents and our forefathers they treat as a taboo. What is evolution? Is haram? It's is kufr? I say to you, brothers and sisters, Islam does not reject all the aspects of evolution. For example, evolution talks about species that transform to different species. Something called microevolution and macroevolution. Something that transforms from something to something completely different, evolving over time. Circumstances surrounding it. I don't want to go into too much technicality because not all of you can going to understand all the technicalities, but Rasul told us, for example, human beings, it's a Sahih hadith, human beings were very big and tall. Prophet Adam said he was about 60 arm lengths tall in the sky relative to us. And then he said, and people kept on becoming shorter and shorter over time. They evolved into something else, slowly. We do not reject or affirm that there were creations before us other than the jinns and the angels. Islam doesn't deny that, nor does it talk about it. There could be. Are there, is there alien life form? Is there bacteria outside of the world? Maybe, maybe not. We don't say yes or no. It's irrelevant to us. It doesn't make us get closer to Allah or not. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, He is always creating whatever He wills. يَخْلُقُ in the Arabic grammar is called Fa'al مُضَارِعُ Mudara means now in the present. Allah is now creating whatever He wills. كل يوم هو Every day Allah is doing something new. وَيَخْلُقُ And He creates, not created, He creates always things you do not know and cannot perceive. You will never know or you have never known or you will know in the future. سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتُنَا فِي We shall show them our signs in the horizons, in space. وَفِي أَنفُسِهِمْ and in their own biology. يعلمون, and things they have never heard of or known before. Or things they do not know in the present. So we, we, we don't reject the idea that there was, for example, dinosaurs before humans. Or that things did evolve into something else. Or things were something and became something else. We don't reject that idea nor do we affirm it if there's scientific facts we say we accept it we're not stupid people right but what we do reject is what the quran and the sunnah and what the prophets have told us to be a fact and when scientific theories say something completely opposite something that denies that fact for example adam is the first human being. In science and evolution, they tell you that there were, that human beings have existed before, but they were just of different shape. The Homo sapiens and lights, and all those stories about millions of years ago. They claim to have found fossils and bones. Maybe they have. Maybe there were creatures before us that looked like humans. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe. But this particular human race, us, the Quran says it began with Adam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the first and the creator. Creating in Arabic al-Khalak means the one who makes something that has never been before. When you say khalaqa, it means to make something that has never been before nothing before or like it has ever been. Allah also uses the word Ja'ala to make as well but Ja'ala means something like it has been there before but now something similar to it is being made either from it or from it it became such as evolving For example, the seed grows, it produces fruit, the fruit then has a use by date, the plant dies, and it withers away and turns into soil. We say, plantation is a creation from the beginning. It's turning into soil and withering away is a making. It's a result of the creation, the result of the creation of the plant. We are created, and then from us, we reproduce. That reproduction is not a new creation, it's an old creation, it's a, crea- it's a result of the f- original creation who is, Ibrah- who is Adam. A.s. Now I'm making that distinction because you're going to see inshallah, when Allah SWT speaks about the creation of Adam, He says, I created Adam, and then later on Allah SWT uses in different verses the word jaala instead of khalaqa, to create something new. And to make something out of something or something after the origin of something. Not something completely new. So you're going to see it's quite a miracle of how Allah speaks of creation in the Qur'an. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah, it says that His throne was on water. So there was Allah and then He created His throne. The throne is not God. Allah created the throne. means to be. Then Allah made the throne be. Allah says in the Quran, how does he make things be? Allah tells us in the Quran, when Allah wants something to exist, all he says is be, and it is. And he uses that in relation to, when he's talking about Isa, Jesus Christ, when he was born from Mary, Virgin Mary without a father. He said, it's not a big deal. In the verses, it's not a big deal. In the the example of Jesus Christ is like the example of Adam. He created him from Turab, from earth material, from soil. Then he said to him, Be فَيَكُونَ Then he is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made created the throne. Created. Then and he said, wa kana ala al-ma, Then the water was created. Water was created. In the theory of evolution and in science, there's a lot of talk about everything coming from the origin of water. Some say that we were fish and from fish we evolved into humans. Scientific theories like that. It's not far off from the truth of the Qur'an. Allah says, Out of water, we made everything living. Or everything is living out of water, whichever way you want to think about it. The point is, nothing can live without being reliant upon the water, except the throne of Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent. Allah is not dependent on anything. Allah does not give birth, nor is He fathered by anyone. He is not created, but He creates. And He has a throne, we don't know what this throne is like. But His Majesty has a throne, and Allah knows its nature. And the lost mother created water, and from water everything became living. As for the pen, we don't know what the pen looks like, it's just called a the pen. We just, these, are, these are words we made up pen, something that writes, something that records. This uh, laptop I have with me here, this laptop, they call it a notebook. Isn't that correct? Notebook? I just switched off. But a notebook, when I used to hear a notebook, $4,000 buy it from Kmart, I used to think, it's a little notebook. Why well, $0.10, cents, $0.20, $0.50? Cents, cents. But notebook is this laptop when you come to know it, right? But it's just the names that we use. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Al-Qalam, even in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about something which He created that wrote. And in the, He said, write everything that will be. In the book of decree. Everything that will ever be. Everything that will ever exist. Everything that will happen is already written from the beginning. Now, you might be asking then, how come if I don't pray, for example, if I'm not a Muslim, for example, if I kill, for example, God already written it upon me, so why is it my fault? The answer to that is, some things Allah wrote that will be without your control, you will not be judged about them. And some things He wrote, not that He wanted them to be or made you do them, but He knew that they will be. And the angels carry out orders from that book of Qadr and they implement certain commands on earth. This is something that's only known to Allah. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told the pen to write things that will be miqdar. Miqdar comes from also qadr which means measure. The way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the heavens and the earth was after the pen. He made the universe and the earth created in such a way that it is like a clockwork. A lot of people ask about the verse in the Qur'an. Why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, or what's the wisdom behind the verse, or what's the explanation that Allah says, He created the heavens and the earth in six days. Can't Allah subhanahu ta'ala create the heavens and the earth in a second? Why six days? Why not five days? Why not four days? Why not three days? Why not more? Why not less? Is He not able? Wrong. All of these are wrong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create the heavens and the earth in six days because that's how long it took Him. No. He's telling us, I created the world in six days because Allah is telling us in a miqdaab. He deliberately created the universe and the earth to work in a clockwork, in a measurement. So that things can live on it according to that measurement. And that measurement requires that time had to be put in place. He put certain things and made them react to other things in accordance to time. And that helps us learn and get along in life and discover and create and make and and, uh, all that stuff. In science, they talk about uh, black matter in space. And they say this black matter, we cannot explain. The energy in black matter is so minute that they thought, how can it make anything? Yet it is a time, and the universe is expanding at a rate of tremendous rate. Only Allah knows how fast it's, 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 it's uh, expanding. Yet Allah created it in such a way that it has time, the way it works. So, six days, because He created everything to work in a time format. Anyway. Brothers and sisters, Allah created the heavens and the earth. Only Allah knows how long ago. Only Allah knows how long ago. The Quran and Sunnah does not explain to us, doesn't tell us how long this earth and heavens have been. It's said that the pen was created 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. But as for the heavens and the earth, Allah knows best. We can rely on scientific discoveries if you like. Millions of years, billions of years, Allahu only Allah knows how long the universe has been there. This is only known to Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created creatures and bacteria and uh, light and the sun and the moon, all that stuff. And He created life forms. As I told you, we don't know how many life forms Allah created. There could be hundreds of life forms before us. And Allah knows. There could have been other creatures that looked like us, didn't look like us, looked like animals. Allahu A'la. The apes were certainly before us. The animals were certainly before us. Because Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَخَلَقَ السَّمَوَاتِ He created the heavens and the earth. وَبَثَّ and مِن kulli dabba, And He put upon it, on, on the top of it, From every type of walking creature, animal, insect, every life form. Except for mentioning the human. This is a long time ago. Dinosaurs, uh, animals that became extinct, all that. And Allah Alam, what creatures He created. All we know are two. Two types of creatures other than the animals that are mentioned in the Quran and the sunnah. And they are the angels first and then the jinns it's only in the sahih hadith several hadiths in bukhari and muslim and others that the prophet ﷺ told us the angels are created from light light nur, the energy of light and allah tells us in the quran he created the jinns another life form نار, an element of fire some ulama, some scholars of arabic of linguistics they said that marriage min an element of fire is referring to the heat waves when you look at a barbecue for example you can see if you look at it horizontally you will see uh, I mean horizontally you'll see vapors sort of like vapors or like heat waves on top of it some scholars said they're created from that Allah SWT knows best but they're created of the essence of fire or some material from fire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had the angels created and the angels don't disobey Allah in anything. They don't have desires like the humans. We can do a whole topic about the angels, but you can all look up about the angels. What I can tell you is this, that they are creatures of Allah that are tremendously beautiful. They have wings, they are made of light. Uh, we cannot see them. Uh, they can transform, they can shape, shape, shape shift, uh, they don't disobey Allah in anything. <laughs> Allah tells us in the Quran, they do not disobey Allah in anything and they do exactly as they've been commanded. They do not have desires, shahawat, like what we do. They don't have all these desires these, that make us weak and tempt for things. And the jinns were created after them. The jinns have desires. They give birth to each other. They do all of that stuff. And they existed on earth before the humans, according to the Islamic teachings, and according to ancient teachings of other religions. That jinns have always existed. Christianity definitely believes in jinns. The Jews definitely believe in jinns in the ancient scriptures. The Hindus, many ancient religions, know that jinns existed. And this actually tells us, this is evidence that prophets and messengers existed way before. Because they taught the same thing. With a few differences of laws, that's all. But they all had the same message. Facts remained facts. The unseen remained the unseen. The hereafter remained the hereafter. Allah remained who Allah is. This message never changes. But laws used to change among messengers and prophets.
1: Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
0: created the jinns. And what happened, to cut the story short, they corrupted on earth. They started to shed blood, kill each other because of their desires and their whims and their evil nature. Of course, jinns, there are Muslims and non-Muslims among them. There are evil and there are good. There are those who save lives and there are those who kill them. There are those, all sorts, just like the human beings. Except their nature is a little bit different in the way they're created. their thought process and what they can do and not do. Allah says in the Quran, describing jinns, some of them they slither, some of them are snakes, some of them are types of dogs, uh, some of them swim, some of them fly. All these different types of jinns. I don't want you to confuse jinn with shaitan, Satan, shaitan, devil. The word shaitan applies to both jinn and human beings. And any event that has a conscious being behind it, any evil event that has a conscious being behind it. So, human being when they act out in evil, deliberately, we call that person at that moment a shaytan, or the person who's doing a shaytan act. So, shaitana is really evil acts. And the jinns did a lot of evil, and the jinn, Iblis, the king of the jinns, Allah called him shaitan. And that's why we just say shaitan. Shaitan means that evil jinn, this devil thing that goes around. But the word shaitan applies to any creature that consciously and deliberately acts out in something evil. Or even some scholars said any evil occurrence is called shaitan. So it has a linguistic meaning. However, we apply it to the jinns because Allah SWT called Iblis. The shaytan, because he did one of the worst evil acts. We'll find out soon, inshaAllah. To rest you assured, jinns are weaker than human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had honored the human being. We have honored the son of Adam. So the shaytan or the jinn does not really have influence and control over the human being. Except in certain circumstances that are related to psychological uh, reactions, that we call them psychological reactions, sometimes they call them possessions or something like that. Allah SWT only knows the nature of that. In the Quran, it's called Mas. It's talking about the person who consumes riba, usury, on a day of judgment will stand up so wicked, and so. so Crazy, Like the example of someone who had been touched by a shaitan. Now, Allah knows what that phenomenon is. But we use something called ruqya, spiritual healing. You read Quran on a person who feels that they are affected by this phenomenon. The Christians used to have it. They, the, they used to read the Bible upon them. The Jews used to have it. And they read the... Uh, parts of the Torah upon them, it works. It works because we don't reject everything in the Torah and we don't reject everything in the Injil. So some of it still does work. Anyway, brothers and sisters, let's move on to, closer to, the creation of Adam. The jinns corrupted, they fought each other, they shed blood, and the angels were watching all this time. The angels were also watching other creations shedding blood And creating evil on earth, corrupting it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them one day, and this is in Surah Al-Baqarah, you can also see in Surah Al-A'raf, in Surah Sad, and in a few other surahs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قالوا اتجعل فيها ما يفسد فيها ويسفك الدماء ونحن نسبح بحمدك ونحن نسبح بحمدك ونقدس لك قال اني اعلم ما لا تعلم which is in Surah Al Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, And behold, or remember, or recall, When your Lord said to the angels, I am about to make Jalun, I'm going to make upon this earth Khalifa. Khalifa means those who will. Be custodians after each other, generation after generation, taking from each other the trust and custodians of the earth. Khalifa is used in honor and high esteem in Arabic. It means two things. Creatures that reproduce and Replace each other, so others die out, others replace, reproduce, continuously. And it also means, honourable ones who are going to be given trust a trust to uphold, custodians. It means that Allah SWT has created this universe in a system that can never be changed. An order that cannot be changed this order is the reason why one of the reasons why we believe that there must be a designer and a creator who is intelligent beyond our imagination it cannot be from something that has no intelligence whatsoever because there is an order in this universe sunnat allah allah says sunnat allah the way allah created this universe to be in its system in its uh, Physics and whatever it is. And Allah then says, You will not find a change in the way God created this universe to be and to this order. And you will not find Allah's creation of this order changing. It follows an order. It follows a system. Otherwise we would have known maths, we would have known physics. It will always keep changing. Right. My brothers and sisters in Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said I will create this generation to take over generation so the angels what did they say to him they said oh our Lord are you going to make in it those who will corrupt in it and I will shed blood while we the angels we glorify you all the time and we and we act and give you holiness in every sense of the word. I mean, you know, if you want holiness and you want someone to worship you, here we are, O oh Lord, Is have we done something wrong? The angels are questioning, they want to know. They're not debating, they're not arguing. What did Allah reply? He said, I know that which you do not know. The angels are thinking that they are basically the best creation Allah has made. They have a right to think that. They've seen all the creations before. And by the way, you know how Allah says Khalifa. The angels then respond, say, oh, you're gonna, do, you know, you're gonna create on it the same type of creatures that we've seen before, which is evidence. There is a, 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 a this, this shows that there's a high chance that there were many creations before us who lived and thought and, and walked, and they shed blood and killed each other and wiped each other out. Including the jinns The jinns were outcasted from the earth they say in some hadiths I don't know their authenticity, but they are in islands and things like that Allah knows best Allah said I know that which you do not know meaning You think that you are the best creation because you worship God the best But I know something of the future you do not know this creation that I'm gonna create will even surpass you, O angels, in worship. And they don't have to be angels like you. Or they can corrupt as well. That's one meaning of the answer that Allah gave. So He actually answered them. And they went quiet. Secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I didn't want to say everything. I know that which you do not know. Meaning there's something hidden. There's something hidden for two reasons. Either, if I told you, you are not. Capable of understanding at the level of your intelligence right now. I haven't created you, oh angels, to understand what I'm doing right now. So even if I told you, you're not going to be able to understand. I'll give you a very, just as an example. uh, Compared to the adult, a little child of two years old or one year old won't know that fire is danger. No matter how you try to explain it to the child, the child will not know that fire is danger. All they see is what? Colors. Nice colors. Something that's moving. Children love that. They'll always want to go and touch it. And if you tell them, don't touch it, they, th- they start to cry. Why? Why is mom and dad doing that to me? Why can't I touch it? There's a soccer ball, there's a nice little colorful ball in the middle of the, of the pool, in the backyard, if you have a pool, swimming pool, if you... Or you go to a swimming pool, and there's a nice, beautiful ball in the middle of the floating in the, in the middle of the, and then a two-year-old wants to go and jump in. He wants to go get the ball, and you try to stop them from going into the pool. The child starts crying. Why, 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 why will not my parents let me have that ball? But you're you're not thinking about that. You're thinking that it's going to drown, and they're not going to understand. So this one, this is one meaning that the angels are not capable or intelligent enough in their creation to understand if Allah explains to them about this creation. Number three, it also means possibly. There was this thing, this creation, he was a jinn, his name was Iblis. He existed among the angels. Iblis is mentioned in the Qur'an in several passages, over 20-30 passages of the Qur'an, in reference to this, this, this creature Iblis. He's made of fire, he is a jinn, but he was special. This Iblis, this jinn, he had a rank among the angels, but he was not an angel himself. Contrary to what some people think, because, how do I know? In the Qur'an, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says, al الْمَلَائِكَةِ All the angels prostrated to Adam, إِلَّا إِبْلِيسِ كَانَ مِنَ الْجِنِ Except for Iblis, he was one of the jinns. If Iblis was an angel, he would have said, كَانَ مِنَ He was one of the angels. But he said he was one of the jinns. And the jinns are created from fire, the angels are created from light. So for those who claim that Iblis was, a, was an angel, and then they claim that God changed him into a jinn, or, or he was always an angel, is wrong. It's false. There's no evidence, no proof to it. But he had a high rank and he was special. He was God-fearing. He was was worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knew Allah's names and attributes better than the most knowledgeable among us. First hand. He was among the angels, man. He saw things we could never dream of seeing. So he was an extremely strong believer in Allah. You could say that Iblis was an extremely pious uh, believer, mu'min. Among the highest of the highest. But... Something was wrong. And this something, brothers and sisters, exists in all of us. What is it? Desires and something called the heart. In Arabic, qalb means this force that's inside of us. It doesn't necessarily need to be the organ that pumps, something within that organ, something that science cannot explain, the qalb, the inner self of you. That thing which you refer to yourself as, like your heart, your your brain, your eyes, your feelings—that your is your qalb. What is that? That qalb. That it's also called nafs. There's nafs desires within that qalb. That being, that you—you can also corrupt it or make it pure. What is it? This man, this creature, iblis. He had never been tested yet with jealousy or a competition. Ablis accepted that the angels are better than him, superior to him. Why? Because the angels are created from light, and light is better than fire. And the angels weren't created from, with desires. Ablis had desires, and he overcame his desires. So therefore, he accepts that the angels are better than him. He respects them. But bring someone a creation that is created from a substance that is much, inf- much more inferior than fire. That's, that's what Iblis thought at least, that's what he perceived. Anything less than fire is inferior to me. That had never been tested on Iblis yet. No one has ever been honored above him except the angels. And he had this high rank for such a long time. You can imagine, sometimes it happens to us. You go into a job, you start off as a cleaner, let's say at a school. You're a cleaner, you're a janitor. Then you see all these people and all these teachers and they're like, oh wow, one day I'll we'll become like that and you respect them, right? Then you decide to go and do a course, you become a teacher, let's say you do science, or you do maths, you get a job as a teacher, suddenly the janitor, you know, you feel, oh, he's a janitor. You know? And then, this is a person who doesn't obviously has got a wicked heart. As you rise above and you get promoted, suddenly you feel you're superior to others. You won't just accept anything, you know, certain pay, certain privileges, certain this. And you've got to be called a certain name. Some of us we go really high to the point where we think we are superior to everyone else, just by being tested with positions and the competition that is sent to you. So Iblis hadn't been tested yet. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell the angels everything because the angels could understand. However, some scholars said that also Iblis, Allah did not want to tell him everything in detail about this new creation, because this new creation was gonna have such a huge purpose and one of the purposes as well at the same time is to test this Iblis as well and the likes of him because Allah is fair and he will test us in every shape and form he will test you he already knows but in order to prove to you so that what you deserve what do you deserve if I were to to become a doctor or an engineer or or a plumber or an electrician to become qualified in anything I said plumber and electrician so that I can show you that we respect all people who strive to gain skills then you need to be tested not just on paper you need to go on on the job you need to be tested with when somebody hurts you with a word when uh, when when somebody gives you extra job, when someone gives you a job that's not really um, to your job description, when somebody uh, you know um, gives you some important positioning to solve and all that stuff, this test, you. You are rising with it. So anyway, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala wanted to test Iblis as well at the same time. So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knew that in Iblis there was this jealousy that hadn't yet been tested ignited, and it's unfair for Iblis to enter Paradise one day with this look of iman on the outside when something on the inside is corrupt it needs to be manifested <laughs> you're not going to get away with it so allah said i'm going to create a creation which is called khalifa the angels immediately understood a creation that will pre-produce but they will also be given custodians with a position on earth they'll be honored like others before them but the problem is they're going to shed blood and corrupt you know corruption They will corrupt the sea, they will corrupt the land, they will corrupt the atmosphere, they will corrupt the environment, they will corrupt everything, right? Allah says, I know that which you do not know. This creation is different. This human being is different to any other creation you've ever seen before. Remarkable. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told in the Sahih Hadith, Rasulullah said, Allah took, now be careful what I'm saying here, Allah took a handful of turab or teen. Turab means soil. Teen means clay. Both of them same thing. They are earth material. From all over the earth. From all the different types of soils and earth. And when we say handful, it's not literal. Qabda. Qadda means we say handful, but not literally. Not like you imagine hand and as full of a hand like a litre or half a litre. No, we don't say that. Qabda means a, a bunch, a, you know, an amount. An amount. So as to say, Allah gathered an amount of the soil which He created on earth from the different types of earth. Different types and colors of earth. The different colors, and the different texture, and the different density. And so, and he created Adam from it. He created Adam from it. Prophet said, and this is why you find that there are different colours of human beings. The dark and the light and everything in between. And there are different characters or or what can we say? Uh, tendencies and attitudes among the human beings. We can improve our attitude. But there are people who are born with certain instinctive traits. The rough type, the soft type, the pleasing type, right? The stubborn type, or the, uh, the, maybe in other words, maybe I use the wrong words, but different types of people. So the Prophet knew this, and that's why it made him able to be a good leader. He understood that different people, sometimes just have different personalities. That's the word, personality, not attitude. Attitude is the wrong word. Personalities. And it's very hard to change your personality. So what do you do? You embrace it. But you try to look after your character and behavior. And you accept people according to their personality. Some people can't change it. No one can say, my personality is lying. I can't change that. No, that's not a personality. That's an attitude. That's a character. It's a behavior you have a control over. Personality is something that they instinctively do and you don't have. Sometimes they're habits, but that's not a personality. You develop them. Personality is something that you don't know where it came from. You were born with it. Allah knows best. But it teaches us to tolerate and to accept people who are a bit different to us in their personality. And you need to change your approach towards them sometimes. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah created from all the earth Adam. And the reason his name is Adam in Arabic means from the essence of the earth. mean, Adam al-Ard which means the essence of the earth. That's why it's called Adam, meaning earth creature, earth creature. Sounds like aliens, commasians, come and say, earth creatures. So this is an earth creature. Adam created from earth, created from soil, created from the essence of earth, from the same particles of earth, from the same uh, bacteria of earth. So we are from earth. And to it we return. My brothers and sisters in Islam, yes we have elements from the stars as well, if you want to go into science, before the scientists talk. Allah did say, we sent down steel, we sent down iron. And there is a relationship between the solar system and the celestial planets and the stars and the earth and all of that stuff. But this is Allah's creation. Anyway, Allah created Adam. Uh, in the Quran, Allah states that He created Adam from different uh, textures. And you'll find that when you read about His creation, there are different terminologies used. In some verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that He created the human, Al-Insan, as we're called Insan. Insan comes from the word uns, which means company. Because man in his nature, uh, human beings in their nature, are people who are social beings and they like company. Unz. And also it means Nisyan, which means they, they're forgetful as well. That's what makes the human being forgetful and loves company. Sometimes He says, min he created you from clay. Other times he says, min tura, from soil. Other times he says, min salsal from a type of ceramic. You know ceramics? Salsa, because when you tap it, it makes a whistling sound, a ringing sound. That's why it's called salsa. The Arabic language is often used uh, to sound, to sound the same as the element itself. If you tap a hollow ceramic, it makes a sound. It's called salsal. Sometimes it says min salsalin kalfahar from a type of ceramic like clay, like clay. Sometimes Allah says min salsalin min hamain masnoon from a a ringing type of ceramic. Min hamain masnoon from a clay that changed its color over time. Clay that changed its color over time. And smell over time, it started to smell over time. I believe in clay for a long time, it changes into it solidifies and then it changes color and smell. Masnoon, masnoon means shaped. You were shaped. All of these are not contradictions. The Prophet tells us, he explains to us. That first of all, Allah created Adam. Oh, and there's another Quranic verse, it says. Min sulalatin min the human being adam adam was created from the finest of the finest of earth material of clay so you know the earth has so many elements in it like when you when you when you dig for gold when you mine for gold you don't you don't get the pure yellow gold you know that right you're going to mix with rocks and other materials isn't that correct and then you got to clean it up and the more you clean it up, the more pure it becomes. So Allah says, He created the Adam from the purest and finest of the finest of earth material. The best. The best and purest form. Finest of the finest of earth material. That's what we were created from. We just call it or teen clay. Allah then mixed the... This earth material with water and it became clay. And then it became sticky. Sticky. Mouldy. Uh, Allah says in the Quran. Inna We created him, human being, from clay which became sticky when you mix it with water. Then it became solid, which is salsa. When you bang on it, it makes a ringing sound. And then it changed color. Hama. And smell. It starts smelling yucky, ugly. Yeah. Then masnoon. It was shaped. It was shaped in a form. Almost like a statue. Allah says in the Quran, "Thumma." After mentioning all this, in other verses, thumma, and then later on, thumma, okay. In the English, you say, then, for time, then. But then, doesn't tell you, how soon. Like then, as in, two minutes later, ten minutes later, days, months, years later, centuries later. You have to say, immediately, or a little bit later, then. In Arabic, you have two different words, thumma and fa. These are two main words. There's other words too. Fa means immediately, then, like almost, almost immediately, almost simultaneously. Thumma means over a period of time. Which means that Allah subhanahu wa taala created Adam and left him there for a little while, and there's a wisdom from that. Thumma, and then after a period of time, Allahu alam how long, صَوَّرْنَاكُمْ Allah gave Adam, when he says you, the humans, it means our father, because we're from our father Adam. He made, he gave you a surah, he gave him, gave you him a picture, an identity in your facial, in your face, in your body, your texture, in your color. We were all the same, exactly the same. Rasul said, none of you is better or superior to another. كُلُّكُم مِنْ آدَمَ you are all from that one cre- creation, Adam. وَآدَمُ and Adam is from the earth, from the Torah. So, what, why do people sit there thinking they're superior to others? The arrogant, superior people. No, we're superior to one another, except in your actions and values which you stick to. It's your actions that define you, your belief that defines you, the values that you stick with and believe in. So, Adam, Islam is all our father. Then Allah gave him a beautiful form, a face. That is very sacred to Allah. Giving you a face, this identity, this unique identity, is sacred, is holy to Allah. You know what it means sacred? It doesn't mean you're godly. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is sacred. It should not be touched. It should not be changed. It should not be imitated. It should not be altered or played with. It should not be ridiculed. It should not be damaged. It should not be hurt. It should not be disgraced. It should not be mocked. It is among the major sins to change Allah's creation, to change the features that gave you your identity for no no serious reason. For no serious reason. For example, some people who want to change their nose shape just because they don't like the way it looks. Not because of any serious reason. They want to change their eyes just because they don't like the way they look. They want to change their lips. They can fatter, thinner, louder, I don't know what. Just because they don't like the way it looks. Or because fashion statements tell them that, society tells them that. And now we've got cloning, and we've got stem cell research, and we've got this idea that science going into the DNA of the human being before. When, when they're just an embryo, and they want to alter and change your identity. The color of your hair, the color of your eyes, Allahu Akbar. We're soon to destruction, guys.
1: In my days, back in
0: the 90s, when we were studying uh, biomedical science, we had to write an essay about cloning. In those days, cloning had just started new, and there was this sheep called Dolly. They called her Dolly the sheep. And she was the first successful outcome of cloning. But it didn't last for long. It died. It wasn't sustainable. And that's only after they did hundreds and hundreds of cloning experiments, all of them died. And still, till now, they're suffering with it. It's not... eh, they probably have... Been successful a little bit for a little short time, it's unstable. The point is, anyway, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, has forbidden us to change our creation, our form. Not only the human being, but even the animals. We're not allowed to touch the animals or harm the animals or change the animals. And you will find that Iblis, the devil, the great devil, he said to Allah out of defiance, just to be evil. Part of evilness, Iblis said this. He said, O God, I'm going to command. The children of adam i'm going to make them and trick them and manipulate them to change your creation i'm going to make them clip the ears of their livestock their cattle and their sheep and their goats i'm going to make them clip their ears to cut cut parts of their ears off and has that not happened this is attributed to the evil manipulation of the shaytan of, of iblis and his defiance to allah he said among the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to make them change your creation. Because he knows that this is sacred. Allah has honored the human being and made it to the best one. My brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah says, Thumma Another verse Allah says, Allah says, وَصَوَّرَكُمْ فَأَحْسَنَ صُوَّرَكُمْ وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيْبَاتِ My brothers and sisters, Allah ta'ala says, it is Allah who made for you. Ja'ala means he caused. Ja'ala he caused. He made it become for you. Lakum al الْأَرْضِ He made the earth subservient for you, to serve you, to produce for you. To look after you. Is that correct? Then we get our food from the earth. We drink from the earth. We create from the earth. Isn't that correct? We invent from the earth. We rely on the earth. Allah says He made it subservient to you. qararan And He made it stable for you. qararan doesn't literally mean that the earth doesn't move. here means, metaphorically, He made it stable for your living. He made it in a way that suits you. Living on it. Producing from it. Living. Creating from it. Everything in stability, you know, it's materials, you can make things out of it, doesn't it? You, know, you can create, it's not haphazard. وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً And He made the sky like, like a building above you. So the stars never even don't collide with you. You know, you've got an ozone layer, and you've got protective layers over the earth, not like the other planets, the earth is protected. Allah says, He made that for you. وَصَوَّرَكُمْ And He gave you a beautiful picture, facial picture. Facial identity. And tasweed is used in the most positive form. Beautiful f- picture, beautiful form, beautiful image. And he made your image beautiful. Allah says, ahsana. There was no image before that except the angels that were created as beautiful as the human being. And subhanAllah it's just a shell. Underneath the shell, we are terrified. But the shell that we have, beautiful. Allah says, ذلكم you want to know who Allah is? Look at the creation and it will tell you what I am. I am beautiful and I love beauty. Allah is artistic. He's creative. Allah innovates and creates. He's careful, He's tender, He's kind. He loves things to be in a tender form. Rasul said, Inna Allah is beautiful. He loves people who make beautiful things. Allah, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, uh, He loves kindness. And he said nothing that you apply kindness to except, that it be, except good comes out of it. This is what Allah is. You look at the creation, you look at the creatures, you look at the human being, everything in harmony. Allah is harmonious, He loves harmony. Anyway. fa'ahsan as-orakum, fatabarak O glory be to Allah, how honorable He is. Rabbul alameen the Lord, the protector, maintainer, the one who looks after all of the worlds. Brothers and sisters in Islam, he gave him an image, and the Prophet Wasallam said in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim in this hadith is. The Prophet Wasallam said, "Inna Allaha lama When Allah created Adam, He created him on His actual, original form. Some people have misunderstood that hadith. They think that when 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 the Prophet said that Allah created Adam on his image they think that in the image of God that's what Christians say no Allah created Adam on his own image meaning Adam was not born of anyone Adam was not a child and grew and developed Adam did not evolve Adam was not made out of another human being Adam as he was, an adult, 60, 60 arm lengths long, 20 arm lengths wide, beautiful as he is, as he is, his creation started like that. He started like that, an adult form. That's what it means, ala suratihi. He started like that. Bang. He left him there for a little while before, before he gave him his image. As i said before and iblis the whole world you know angels were talking about it iblis was talking about it what is this creature that allah is creating why is it so special when he left him there two things happened iblis went to look at the body and study it out of jealousy it was to see if it's better than him and the angels were talking among each other what is this creature?" See, when you want to make something really special, you let people talk for a little while. Big advertisement. Because it's something big, it's huge. So you let the whole angels of the skies talk about it. Every angel, this human being. And some angels said among each other, Well, look, if Allah creates this human, it's not going to be better than us. You know, it's not going to be better than us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, once I have formed him, وَنَفَخْتُ ruhi, And I have blown into him from my special soul, At that moment, immediately I want you to prostrate to him, to make sajdati. him Blown into him from my special soul. This soul, brothers and sisters, is not an attribute or description of Allah Himself. The soul is not from Allah. Here, it's a metaphor. In Arabic, when you talk about an object and you say, it is mine, it doesn't mean it's part of your body. It's yours but in your possession. Sometimes you also say, sometimes you have a, a, a special student, you say, that student, mine. That child, mine. You don't mean they're literally yours, you mean they are the most special. They're the most honored to me. They're like the best. They're my favorite. Allah created a soul. He created it. The soul, a ruh, is created. And Allah called it ruhi, meaning a soul that is special. And some ulama made tafsir on this saying, it has never been used on anybody. No other creation was created from that special soul which Allah created. So Allah called it ruhi. Everybody knew it's God's. No one touch it, no one talk about it. It's the special soul. That's what it means. A special creation of Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala honoured and favoured this soul never used before. He said, when I place from that ruh of mine, that special soul, into this creature, Adam, I want you to prostrate to it in honour. In honour of what? In honour of Allah's creation. Allah created It's a new creation made from his special soul. You're honouring Allah by prostrating to Adam. Adam is not your God. You're honouring Allah's creation. Now the angels, they said, we will be the most knowledgeable, we'll be the most pious, we'll be the most superior. Don't worry, we are Allah's angels. So Allah put the soul into Adam. He brought him, and before they prostrated, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la instantly, instantly, كل. He taught Adam the names of everything. Wa'allama al Asmaa The word, in the Arabic language, must it necessitates two things. That you know what something is, what its name is, and you know what it does. That's called ilm So it's not just like a cocky cockatiel, you just sort of memorise names and you don't know what they're for. You also know what it is for and what it is and what its functions. أعلم. So, علم and Hifud are two different things. Memorization and learning are two different things. Learning, this is a bottle. That's the name. That's what people call it, so I know that. And I know that this is a bottle, and I know why it's called a bottle. Allah says, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كله. Everything in existence, in this earth, on this earth that is going to be created on, he knows it all and then he brought these objects few objects i don't know what objects they are and he placed them in front of the angels tell me their names see these objects tell me what they're called adam can identify them he only has to look at them And he tells you what it is. Or the other way around. He'll say the name. Say the name. And then. So he'll look at the object and tell you its name. Or he will know the name and then bring you the object. So he gave the objects to the the angels. And they said, Subhanaka, glory be to you. You are too perfect. We don't know anything except what you have taught us. And then he said to them, didn't I tell you? I you, "I know that which you do not know. You're not going to understand right now. This creature that I'm creating is something different you can never imagine. And then they bowed to him. So two things, the angels thought that they'll be the most knowledgeable. Allah showed them, no, you're not going to be the most knowledgeable. Number two, they have to prostrate to him. You're not going to be superior to him. Why will the angels not be superior to the human, to to Adam? What's the secret? Is it because Adam was created from soil? Is it because he's got the ruh in him? Yes, the ruh is special. There's something else. The, he, Adam has desires. The angels don't have desires. And Adam was able to overcome his desires. He worships Allah regardless of his desires. At that point, he's pure. With those desires, he's pure. And so the, the angels prostrated him. In the hadith of Sahih, it says that uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam, he started to place his ruh, the, the soul, into him. And then the soul went through his head. And then he sneezed. He sneezed. Achoo. And the angel said to him, say Alhamdulillah. So before Allah taught him anything, he sneezed. And he said, the angel said to him, say Alhamdulillah. Which means, all thanks and gratitude belongs to Allah. So he said Alhamdulillah. So these were the first words from the human being to Allah. It was a speech to Allah. It was directed to Allah. All thanks and gratitude is to Allah. That's our position, to Allah. We are always thankful and grateful. What do we recite in the, in the salat every time? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi alamin. That's our first position of the human being. That's where we belong, to Allah. Then Allah said. Allah replied, Yarhamuka Your Lord gives you mercy. Yarham is فعل ضمير in Arabic. In grammar, we say it's an action. Uh, a verb, a present verb, which is ongoing. Ya, when you add the ya in front of a verb, it means it's ongoing. So Allah's mercy is always ongoing. Ya Rabbuk. It never stops. And those were the first words from Allah to the human. What was the first words from the human to Allah? Alhamdulillah. First words from Allah to the human. What do we recite every raka' in Salat? Bismillahi, ar rahman Ar-Rahim. Again, Alhamdulillah rahmani ar rahman ar rahim How many times? Two each. Allah wants us to know him like that before anything else. Ahsin ad billah. Assume one of Allah. Ana abdi Prophet said, that Allah said, I am the way my servant, my slave thinks of me. You can only think of Allah in a good way because He's good, positive, not in a negative way. Ar-Rahman means the source of mercy that encompasses everything. Ar-Rahim, the one who's always giving mercy. And those are the first words from Allah to Adam. I finish it off with the, the end of the soul. The soul then was placed into his stomach and he felt hungry. He felt hungry. He, he was actually created in Jannah. The Prophet ﷺ said he was created in Jannah. The hadith is authentic. I've looked at it up. He was created, his body was created inside of Jannah. Which Jannah? We don't know. Allah has many jannahs. Which Jannah Allah. Is it the Jannah that we're going back to? Allah. Only Allah knows. But he created it in Jannah, one of his gardens. He saw fruit in the trees. Oh, the eye he sees, the stomach reacts, the brain reacts, the sensory receptors, the hunger receptors react. Makes you drool, you want to eat, isn't that correct? Instinctively, that's the instinct of the human. And so, the angel, and, the, and then Adam tried to get up to go and eat. But his soul was not in his legs yet, so he couldn't walk, so he couldn't move. And the angels, they started to learn about the human being, that the human being is hasty. The human being is hasty. And when you're hasty, you instinctively, if, if you don't think with your brain, you use your instinct, you could do the wrong thing, you can falter. That's why, one of the reasons why we fast, to train ourselves. And Allah says, Man was created out of hastings. Then the soul was placed in his legs. And we are only living because of our soul. My brothers and sisters in Islam, I thank you for listening for this first part of the uh, series on the Prophets and the Messengers. Inshallah, next week we will go on to define what a prophet and messenger is, how many there were, what is their purpose, who were they, and then we'll begin with Adam alayhi as-salam. Jazakumullah khayyid, wa sala'allahu Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.